Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, presented by Game On Wisconsin. Jamal Williams, I consider him a friend. It's not a rivalry if the other team doesn't win. Now, in the Game On Wisconsin studios, here's your host, Jacob Westendorf. Live in the studios, indeed. Welcome, everybody. It is Wednesday, March 9th, when you are listening to this. And hello, everybody. Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, where we take six of your favorite topics and talk Green Bay Packers, for the most part. I'm your host tonight. I am Jacob Westendorf, and I am joined by the Podfather, the originator, creator of the Pack-A-Day Podcast, of which you can find me every Tuesday with Ross Uglum and Jacob Morley. You can find him... Andy Herman, uh, every, oh, Andy, I've lost track of your days at this point. Is it Sundays? Uh, Monday, every Monday. Every Monday. Yeah, I should know that. I suppose Victory Monday. Yes, every Victory Monday, you can find Andy talking Green Bay Packers. You can find his grades and all kinds of different stuff over at Packer Report. And, uh, of course, there's Packer Daily, which you can find at PackerReport.com every day, where he has a video version of the Packer Day podcast. Andy, did I catch everything? I feel like you have your hand a little bit of everywhere. You're a superstar. Yeah, I I, I don't know about that, but yes, I think you captured everything. And yeah, it's still a still a whirlwind, and uh, just love doing it. And I can't believe uh, it's it's been far too long since we've chatted. To be honest, Jacob, I'm excited about this. Yeah, it's been a minute. I know, um, and I know that. Let me think. It's been. I'm just thinking. You talked about the whirlwind. Well, let's start here. I know this is kind of inspired by, by Matt Ramage. I believe he's the one that originated this. And if you want to go back to like the unknown with Bryce Christensen, I know he did some stuff like this as well. Uh, just how you went from when I met you, you were Scotty sports uh, and you have since transformed into Andy Herman NFL. And I believe when I started following you on Twitter, I think that was before your days at Cheesehead TV as well. I could very well be wrong about that. So just kind of take us through, how everything started to where you got to the point where you're the editor uh, at Packer Report and now, of course, the owner of um, the Pack-A-Day podcast. Yeah, uh, it, it's almost uh, it's such a weird journey that it's almost like a, a tough spot to figure out where to sort of start. Um, when I when I got done with college, I started dabbling a little bit around with Scotty Sports, got on Twitter and uh, started my own blog called ScottySports.com. And that's well, that's where the Twitter handle came from. And what I basically did at the time was wrote about Packers, Brewers, Bucks, anything, you know, Badgers, anything that was related to Wisconsin sports. Uh, for, basically, it was like three people uh, that I think pretended to, to go out and read my stuff because they were good friends. And that was about it. And then from there, uh, sort of went to Titletown Soundoff, kind of used the, to launch into Titletown Soundoff. And do a little bit of writing for them, but it wasn't anything consistent. I wrote a couple of things. I think uh, when James Jones um, was coming back to Green Bay for his second stint, I think I did a, a little bit of a film breakdown on that that got a little bit of views. Uh, but it wasn't any, like I said, it wasn't anything consistent, and it was still dabbling in Twitter a little bit. But as you mentioned, um, you know, prior to Andy Herman NFL, prior to those sort of things, it, it was actually five years ago. Almost, it was. I think it's going to be five years this summer. 
actually is when I started uh, to write for Cheesehead TV. And around that time, I probably had, I don't know, maybe two, 3,000 followers. And again, was still at Scani Sports at that time. And that was what sort of changed everything. And I sort of took a little bit more of an all-in approach. And there's a couple other stops here. I started taking a couple scouting classes and doing some things like that, which gave me a little bit more, um, you know, just kind of uh, oomph, if you will, in in what I was writing about and, and why maybe Cheesehead TV would want to have me write for them. And, you know, prior to that too, I had wrote a guest article for them as well, which came in very handy, but talked to Jersey Al, started writing for Cheesehead TV. And like I said, it was less than five years ago, had about 3000 followers, no TV, no radio, no pack a day podcast, no Packers credential, no verified check mark, no anything like that. And then things just exponentially happened at a pace that I never could have possibly imagined. All the stuff I just mentioned, radio hits, Green Bay Nation, and, uh, you know, pod, obviously starting the Pack-A-Day podcast, switching the handle to at Andy Herman NFL, and uh, very easy still to sort of get imposter syndrome uh, with everything. And, um, you know, today was crazy because, of course, all the stuff that's happening with Rodgers and the Packers. I think I did this as we're recording this. I think I did three radio hits today, talking to you today, got a couple more tomorrow, talking in Denver on Wednesday, just like, you know, crazy stuff that I never would have expected to happen and um, just based on, you know, some of the work that I've done and some of the opportunities that have been, uh, you know, thankfully given to me, it, it, like I said, it sort of, you know, rose up out of nowhere. So very thankful for it. There's not uh, many days that go by that I don't think how crazy it is and how cool it is that I just get to talk about Packers and that people want to hear that, which is amazing. And yeah, just very thankful for, for that and more thankful for, you know, people like you um, and the rest of the, the Packet A team who make my job so much easier by creating amazing content and making me look smarter uh, by proxy because I have a, a million smarter people than me surrounding me. So appreciate you, appreciate everyone on the team. And like I said, just been very blessed with the opportunities that have been given to me. And let's go down that that path a little bit because the Pack-A-Day podcast, uh, the first season of that would have been Mike McCarthy's final season yeah. uh, in Green Bay. And I remember the summer of that year because I think my first episode was with Nick Schmitz and we were talking about the Packers potentially trading for Khalil Mack, which is crazy just thinking about that now because of yeah. how everything has transpired kind of since then. But, um, you know, what inspired what inspired that idea? And then, you know, how did you kind of get that off the ground? Because our team has grown a lot. I mean, since, like I said, my first episode with Nick, I think our, we had 12 or something. I don't remember the original members exactly yeah. how many there were. But, yeah, it wasn't uh, as big as it is now. Yeah. So there was sort of this, I don't know, uh, nagging in the back of my mind that like, all right, if, you, if you're sort of any sort of quote unquote expert, and I use that term loosely in my regard, but like a quote unquote expert in regards to a topic, you should probably be doing like some sort of podcast. And maybe that would be a once a month, maybe that would be a once a week, you know, maybe, but uh, for anyone that knows me, I'm a, I'm an A or an F. I'm a zero or a hundred. Like I'm not going to go midway. I'm either going to do something or I'm not going to do it. So I was thinking about doing uh, a sort of a daily podcast. If anyone's familiar with the New York times podcast, the daily, where they do a, a new news story five days a week. And um, you know, there's a, there's obviously a thirst for that. And I thought very similarly that you could easily fill five days a week with Packers content. And my idea um, was to have five people. I would have one day Mondays. And then, you know, I think I had sort of like Dusty Evely would have a day. Zach Jacobson mm -hmm. would have a day. Um, mm -hmm. I think maybe Matub would have a day, something like that, but there'd be five of us and we would each own a day. And again, your podcast could be your own 
I, you know, I had, um, I was watching a show and a commercial came on and it's a really dumb commercial. And uh, it, it's basically this smoking cessation commercial where there's this lady climbing a mountain of cigarettes. And um, it says something like, you know, Dolores smokes 500 packs of cigarettes a day and something like that. Like, you know, obviously it's, I'm being facetious here. It's not that many, but it was like a lot of, you know, packs of cigarettes a day. And, um, and I heard packs a day, packs a day, pack, pack a day. I'm like, oh, pack a day. Like that'd be kind of a cool name for a podcast, especially if you're doing it daily. I'm like, all right, pack a day podcast. I'm like, that sounds really cool. And just knowing me, if I don't do something immediately when I think of it, I'm probably just never going to do it because I'm lazy by nature. So I'm like, all right, I'm going to post on Twitter right now um, that I'm going to start a podcast. Like I literally, as soon as I thought of pack a day, like within 10 minutes, the tweet was out on Twitter. And I'm like, I'm thinking like I had a couple of people in mind that I reached out to. I think, like I said, Zach and Dusty were a couple of those people. Uh, but I you know, tweeted it out and I think I had like 200 some applicants who are interested in um, and being on it. Um, obviously, you were one of those people. And um, honestly, the hardest thing about the entire podcast up until this day uh, was narrowing it down from 200 plus to I think it was around 20 that we actually started with. Um, and yeah, so I decided, all right, we're not because we had so many people, not only we're going to do a daily podcast, we're going to do this 365. And we sort of partnered off Noah's Ark style. And uh, everyone just kind of grabbed a partner, do si And before you knew it, we had all these amazing teams. One of the craziest aspects of everything is just how well those teams worked out. I had some idea from listening to people of like how maybe a couple people would fit together. Uh, but like for the most part, it was just sort of random happenstance and all these like, you know, Dusty and Steve and Sarah, how they end up together and Andrew and Kyle from day one, like working together. And now they're, you know, doing it every Friday, like obviously you and Nick, but you know, you and Jacob and, um, and Ross now, like how these teams eventually merged together and, and just became so perfect is, is still beyond me, but that's basically how it evolved. And we started later that off season, right before kind of training camp started, we did a couple practice episodes and uh, before you know it, we're, you know, 1300 plus episodes deep into this thing without ever missing a day. And that was one of my fears too, because I'm like, what's going to happen is I'm going to put all this together and then people are going to be responsible for their podcasts. And all of a sudden, before you know it, like they're going to like last minute be like, oh, I can't record. So I'm like, I'm going to end up doing like, if we do 365 days a year, like I'm going to end up doing 300 of these things. And like the other, I think Jacob, first of all, you have filled in for more episodes when people have missed than I have by far. I think I've filled in for like maybe three episodes out of 1300 so far when people have missed. Usually somebody's willing to step up again, you being one of those people. Um, but the fact that there are so few episodes that I've had to cover for people is beyond insane. People take it so seriously. And, and like I said, um, the team that uh, the, as great as podcasters and Packer personalities that everyone on that team is, everyone to a T is a, a better human being. And that's honestly one of the coolest things that I've ever done in my life is just being able to assemble that group of people to do a project like that and just see it flourish is, is just beyond amazing. And I'm sure you know very well with what you've done with Game On Wisconsin, how cool of a feeling that that is. It is. And the friendships that we've been able to build, you know, just seeing all these people, like I saw you and Maggie and Perry Goldstein at our party that we had in, in September yep. and uh, having met like Dan Kotnick, I met him through, through Packaday and just so many people that have come, come through that. I mean, I know you'll never personally take any credit for it, but you've opened a lot of doors. You know, you've talked about a lot of stuff that people have been able to do, but you know, I'm not, I'm not doing radio hits in Denver and places like that, but I've been able to do some pretty cool stuff 
Uh, I'm on with Marcus Eversall every so often now. I know yep. you know from Green Bay Nation, um, and that's that's pretty cool considering he was one of my classmates, and now I get to see you two guys on TV every so often and and kind of just working through all that stuff. So it's been a lot of fun. It is daily, guys. Go ahead and follow it at Pack-A-Day Podcast uh, on Twitter. And, of course, you guys can check the stuff, like I said earlier, packareport.com. So when you're done listening to this stuff, Go listen to that stuff. You'll find Andy. There's a lot of great people. I just looked at the numbers, Andy. I don't know how many of those people are still there, but our Slack group has 29 people yeah. in it. So approximately, you know, 30 people that you get to hear from every so often. Some people kind of bounce in and out as life kind of causes us to do. But I give you credit, man, because I know I think it was the first season that we, or maybe the first off season, you had like your appendix or your spleen. Something got removed. Something in your body was removed, and we didn't miss an episode. We didn't miss a beat. Yeah. Nothing. Nothing was different between, I think that was me and, and Tyler Grezegoric that were helping do some of that stuff, but the team was great. So, I mean, I'm not telling you guys anything that you don't know. Everybody that listens to that show knows those people are awesome. And not even just on the Packers side of things, like you said, better people. And I yeah. think that's been the coolest part of the whole thing. And, and really quick on that too, like it's such a cool feeling to know that like, again, I can miss three weeks, um, you know, because I had my gallbladder out that's and was, yeah. every, everyone just took care of everything. Like, um, again, I, I get way more credit than I deserve for a lot of stuff. Uh, and, and what you were also mentioning, like I'll see Janelle Mackey doing radio hits. I'll see you doing radio hits. Like I'll see people who have, have obviously grown out of the position. I've seen people that have gone on to, to do some really amazing stuff. Obviously you with game on Wisconsin, uh, amongst many other people on the team who've gone on to do some really cool things. Um, one of my visions and goals for it very frankly was, my, my hope was that this would be a launching pad for people that this would get, hopefully, you know, some people notice on pack a day and then they would go on to better things and, you know, do whatever it is that they want to do. And then we would sort of, you know, bring on new people and then allow them a platform and they'd go on to new things. I'm not very dissimilar to what she said TV has done for myself and Zach Cruz and Marcus Eversall and you and uh, Ross Uglum and Michelle Bruton and just, you know, so on and so forth. And so many Dusty Evely, uh, you know, how many people have uh, written for that? Maggie Loney, Barry Goldstein, like just a crazy amount of people who've gone on to do incredible things. Um, that continues to remain my goal is I, I hope that um, I hope I have to continue to replace people because they've gone on to, to bigger and better things. And um, th yeah, that that's very much a goal. And see, when I see those things, when I see, people doing some of those sort of things that maybe they didn't have access to a, a couple of years ago, uh, three years ago, whatever it was. Um, it's a really, really special and cool feeling. And, and honestly, one of my, my favorite aspects of the entire thing. That's been a lot of fun. Definitely no shortage of drama. We've had a head coach fired. We've had the worst 13 and three team ever. We had an NFC championship loss at home finally. And then obviously the Rogers drama and everything that entailed uh, this particular season. So never a shortage of drama in the world of the Packers or the NFL in general, as you guys are listening to that. And that is a perfect transition point to our first, you know, non Andy Herman topic, I guess of the night. And that is Calvin Ridley. How wild, <laughs> like, I don't even know where to start with this thing. Um, you know, I know that, to me, it's pretty simple. Like this, the NFL has so few things in its disciplinary procedures that are black and white, uh, you know, right and wrong. Gambling is very obviously one of those. And I know that the, you know, he wasn't with the team when he made these parlay bets. Allegedly he made, or not allegedly, he's been proven yeah. that he made parlay bets uh, on the Falcons and among some other things to go through. So he's been suspended for a year, maybe longer. The word they used was indefinitely, but at least the 2022 season. 
on Ridley, which is wild because this was a guy that people were looking to potentially trade for as soon as before the suspension came into play. So it's been just kind of crazy to watch the whole thing. My take on it is, trust me, listen, and Andy, I'm sure you know this too, anything near the NFL, and I know this might seem hypocritical because of their sponsors and their partners and all that stuff, but anybody near the NFL gets a notice and a ton of videos and just education stuff you have to watch and go through and everything like that. And it basically says, don't do it. Do not gamble. We will find you and we will get you in trouble. And the players, it's a very easy distinction for them to make of don't do it. And Ridley did, and he got busted, and now he's going to have to pay that kind of price uh, for at least a year now. So that's kind of my take. I don't have a ton of sympathy for him on that regard, but I didn't know if you did or what your thoughts were on him uh, and just this whole situation. No, I agree. To me, it's one of the very few black and white, you know, sort of issues in the NFL. Don't gamble or you're going to get in serious trouble. Don't get, especially, you know, betting on your own team and those sort of things. And listen, I get the stakes were relatively low. I get that it's a parlay. Do I think that his inside information helped him in these situations? No. Do I think like, but it is just such a slippery slope. And like you said, the NFL has very clearly a zero tolerance policy for this sort of thing. And while I, I understand a couple of the things where you see domestic abuse incidents get way less time to me, that is not a, a sign that the penalty for gambling is wrong. It's a sign that the penalty for the other stuff is, which we've known for a long time is incredibly wrong and they need to fix that, but it's not a, this for that sort of thing. Both of them should have massive penalties. And I agree with the year long penalty for Calvin Ridley in this situation, because again, it is such a slippery slope and it is such a very, very clear zero tolerance policy. The other thing I will say is when everyone wants to compare the NFL of, you know, well, they are in bed with gambling and they have money from gambling. Yes. And while I don't think that that should change anything that happened to Calvin Ridley or anything like that, this is the sort of stuff that once you get in the, in bed with the gambling companies, this is the sort of criticism that you're going to take when somebody in the league does things that are gambling related, because they're going to say, listen, you were pushing gambling, 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 and now you're spending a player for a year for doing a minor gambling offense. And while I agree with the, the suspension, this is just sort of the connotation that comes along with that. Now, do I think the NFL is going to have a PR problem because of this? No. Like we just said, there have been much worse incidents like Ray Rice, amongst many others, Greg Hardy, et cetera. And there are that- open investigations on three of their, Snyder, Jones, and Stephen Roth, three of their owners. And yeah. they just... It doesn't matter because we love football. I mean, that's exactly right. Yeah. That's what it boils down to. So like, I don't think this is going to be a major stain on the NFL, but there's going to be those that are upset with the NFL for saying like, you know, Hey, we're, we're going to do all the draft Kings and the, you know, all these sort of different things and then, you know, suspend players. So this is sort of the, the world that they are going to have to live in a little bit. Same thing with the dolphins owner who's telling their, you know, their, their head coach to lose games. Yeah. Guess what? If you're in bed with the gambling companies, that's going to look really bad. And you better have harsh penalties for that too, if that's proven correct, including potentially having to have him step down from ownership because you can't have that sort of anything if you are, again, in you know in relationship with gambling companies. So um, I, again, I think the NFL has made their bet a little bit here with the relationships that they've entered in. I don't necessarily blame them. There's a lot of money to be made there, but these are the sort of waters that they are now going to have to navigate through when these sort of instances come up. But again, going back to your initial question, Jacob, 
I totally understand the penalty. I don't have uh, sympathy for Calvin Ridley. I'm sure he wishes he didn't do it. I'm sure it's a, you know, fairly honest mistake without, you know, really high end consequences. If it's true that it was like $1,500 on some parlays, you know, it would seem sort of a no harm, no foul sort of thing. But again, when you know, going in that there's zero tolerance for it, it is what it is. And I, and I respect the penalty because of that. Yeah. And that's where everything comes out, right? Is like, you could say as many times, like you said, this does look hypocritical to some points, but at the same time, the NFL is very clear. We're sponsoring these, the sponsorships are for the fans and everything like that. And these apps and everything are for the fans and the players and not just, it's not just the players. That's the other part that I think isn't being stressed enough. It's any employee with the NFL at all. It's like, if you work at a casino, if you gamble $1 at that casino, you get fired much yeah. lower stakes. Cause you're not an NFL player. That's just how it is. That's just how it works. I understand the criticism. I just don't feel that way myself either. That's, I think that's the best way to put that for now. Yeah. Let's talk about what everyone else has on their mind. You were talking about, you're talking in Denver tomorrow and tomorrow is, uh, as we record this March 8th, uh, Tuesday, it's the franchise tag deadline day. Aaron Rodgers, of course, I'm sure you guys might've heard of that, that there might be a decision to be made at this point. Here's my thing. And I know once upon a time, we were on the same page. You said you would trade him. I would also do the same. Um, I don't know if you've softened your stance on that, I guess, since then. But um, I, I don't I don't see um, – my thing on that has been that the Packers clearly want him back. So if they are going to trade him, it's going to be by Aaron Rodgers' behest rather than Green Bay's. So having that conversation of what they should do, there's not a ton of point in that until yeah. right now. Uh, my question to you is – the decision has to be made on Tuesday, right? Like he said, he wasn't going to drag this out. The franchise tag deadline is on Tuesday. So theoretically Devonte Adams is going to get that tag since there are reports that they are not even close to a deal. Theoretically Rogers's deal could affect the way that the Packers are able to do things with Adams, everything like that. My question to you, Andy is take off the analyst hat for a minute, take off the, you know, super smart guy. I feel for everything that, that we have to kind of be when you're in this, let's just talk about as irrational fans for a minute. Do you have any resentment toward him over the way that he's handled things over the last two years? Is this going to leave a sour taste in your mouth for a little while? Um, even, even if he doesn't leave once he's not the quarterback for the Packers anymore, even if that's as he retired. So just to, to clarify, when you say what he's done over the last two years, are you talking from a potentially wanting out of Green Bay standpoint? Yeah, just the whole way he's handled each of the last two offseasons, said everything was great, drag, in my opinion. So his airing of grievances press conference, I would call that publicly dragging the organization and allowing the whole offseason for others to speak for him. That was the struggle I had. I know he explained that by talking about how he thought there was wisdom and silence and he didn't want to do that. So he just kind of let everyone else do it for him. That was the issues that I took with that. But is there any resentment with how he's handled? Yeah. The last two off seasons basically. And, and really all of last season as well can be thrown into that. Yes. Yeah, so I'll speak specifically on the two off seasons. I think it gets to be a lot um, overall just the entirety of the, the situation um, from last season, from last year's draft up until now, I think both off seasons just get to be taxing as a fan, right? However, what I will say is I don't think that's all on Aaron Rodgers specifically. I think the sort of landscape that we live in from a fan base standpoint, 
with the Adam Schefters and the Florios and the Ian Rappaports. Listen, I have alerts set up for every Schefter tweet that comes out, every Rappaport tweet that comes out. As soon as something is notable from any of those guys, we want to hear it. We want to know the first, um, you'd be the first to know it, etc. And we want that information as soon as possible. And those guys are paid if they get any scrap of information that seems legitimate to note that and make it noteworthy. So the NFL cycle continues and that there continues to be a buzz and whether it's an NFL draft or an NFL combine to continue to make this a key talking point, because that stuff sells. And that stuff is um, again, a lot of, a lot of times what we want to hear, we're waiting for any breadcrumb uh, about Aaron Rodgers that could lend us to believe, all right, he's coming back. He's getting traded. He's retiring. So I think from Rogers standpoint, Yes. Could he have ended this probably much sooner? Does he probably have a pretty darn good inkling of what he wants to do? I think probably some of those things are true. I think he has a, some of the Brett Favre in him where, you know, listen, if, if you said like, it's going to take me a while to figure this all out, I just don't know. But when you said on December 29th, December 29th, that you're not going to drag this out. And we're now on March 7th, as we're recording this, I would argue that's dragging things out. I would very much argue that that's dragging things out. So um, I think if he, you know, I think if it's not the same landscape, if we're not in the a millisecond, uh, you know, news cycle where everything needs to be immediate and every every little breadcrumb needs to be reported and yelled at by Stephen A. Smith and Shannon Sharp and everyone else, I think we might have a little bit of a different opinion of the entire situation from Rogers and might just say, hey, let's just let this thing breathe and let it play out. But because we're constantly bombarded with every little thing and Florio takes it in one direction and Rappaport takes it in another and Schefter takes it in another, where it, it, it almost starts to feel like Aaron Rodgers has like multi-personality disorder because you're hearing it from a million different sides and a million different people. So I am willing to give some accident forgiveness in, in both situations and scenarios because I do think if if that wasn't the landscape that we lived in, you know, maybe he is literally just on the outside taking his time to try to make this decision. Now, all of that aside, do I think he could have handled a lot of things much better these last two off seasons? Yes, I think he could have. Um, and ultimately he could end up playing for green Bay both seasons and coming back and winning a third straight MVP who the heck knows. And again, you're willing to give some, some forgiveness for that as well. As as far as just the off seasons go, I, I don't know that I have a strong take one way or the other on whether or not like it's affected my fandom or whatever with Aaron Rodgers. But I will just say the overall process, the overall everything is exhausting and taxing. And I'm not saying that as like somebody who has to come up with content or is talking about it from a content provider standpoint. I'm just talking from a pure fan standpoint, like it just gets to be a lot and you just want a decision one way or the other. If I had a, like the choice right now and you could just say, you know, if there's a poll out there that says, what would you like? Would you like Aaron Rodgers to return Aaron Rodgers to leave? Or you would just like to know the answer one way or the other. My box is firmly checked and I would just like to know the answer one way or yes. the other. That's where I'm Amen. at. Right now. Yes. So, yeah. So just based on the off seasons, that's where I'm kind of at willing to give it some accident forgiveness based on, again, the, the news cycle and in media that we're, you know, just the whatever that we live in nowadays, but definitely think that he could have handled things differently as well. And I did say the other day that it has put a bit of a sour taste in my mouth and I don't blame him for being like last year. I got it. 
I understand you're upset because you want input on things that directly affect your job to use your words or his words. And I understand that. I understand being upset that the Packers didn't call you about drafting what you have called several times your replacements, which it appears that may very well not be the case, but that's a separate story. Uh, I understand the thought process that he had on just wanting to be committed to past 2021 uh, and if the way the conversation, the way it was reported last year, whether the conversation went this way, who knows, was in February, Rogers had talked about wanting an ex- February of last year. That is Rogers had talked about wanting an extension and the Packers basically kind of said, ah, let's, let's try the restructure thing, which again was leaving him open to being moved on from after 2021. Now from a long-term team building standpoint, I understand that. From uh, Aaron Rodgers, I just won the freaking league MVP thing. I also understand that. Uh, what I struggle with, like you mentioned, is the Favre thing. And it was, you know, like I said, January 29th. He said, I'm not going to drag this out. And it feels like it is being dragged out. And I also have said this on the record, on your show, on my show, on every show that listens. The way that last year was handled, I am of the belief that Adam Schefter's leak coming out on draft night was strategic by both parties. Schefter knew it would get the most things for ESPN, but this is the guy who is the most crafted person with the media, maybe in NFL history. I do not believe for one second that that wasn't encouraged by Aaron Rodgers. And I struggle with that because then it comes out where you get the ultimate amount of attention. That being said, like you said, it is a, you know, I can hear like my phone buzzing over here and I'm looking, is that a Schefter tweet? Is that, yeah. is that something that we're trying to find? I understand all that in the news cycle. And I imagine the far thing would have just been just as exhausting if Twitter and yeah. Facebook and social media were, were this much more of a thing. But if he doesn't, I'll say this very simply. If he doesn't make a decision today, Tuesday, as you guys are listening to this, that's going to be a struggle because now the Packers are going up against it in terms of the new league year. I imagine we're going to get a conversation about Devontae Adams here, but his contract is a big domino to fall in terms of what the Packers can do in free agency. And if he wants to be here and give this team the best chance to win, part of that is his contract lopping off a lot of that cap dollar and allowing the Packers to spend in free agency and bring in some guys for a potential and not, and just bring back guys, not just bring them in, bring them back for a potential Super Bowl run. So if he doesn't make his decision this week, I would say tomorrow, I think people are going to start really getting upset. But if he doesn't make his decision this week, I think that's when people are going to be really upset and perhaps rightfully so at this point. But like I said, I would be lying and maybe that's social media's fault and maybe I'm a little too emotional. But you know, I remember there was a point where I thought Aaron Rodgers could do no wrong. And now I'm just kind of like, like you said, I don't really care what you do at this point. Like just – Tell me what you are going to do and let me figure out if I'm rooting for Aaron Rodgers in the team next year or watching Jordan Love and also maybe potentially scouting some college quarterbacks that Green Bay might have to draft as soon as 2023. That's that. Really quick on that. I, I do think you're right in the fact that I do think public perception changes quite a bit if he doesn't make a decision sooner rather than later and it starts affecting the team um, and what decisions that they have to make moving forward. I do think that starts um, getting into the negative PR and his side of things. The other thing I will say is the one of the biggest reasons that I'd be pretty shocked if he doesn't make a decision very, very soon is that 
I do believe that one of the biggest things in this entire decision-making process is that he wants to win wherever he goes, whether that's Green Bay or Denver. I don't really think any other options on the table. I think it's Green Bay or Denver, but either way he wants to win. And he, if he doesn't make a decision prior to the start of the league year and some of these deadlines that are coming, um, he is literally hurting whatever team he's on and their chances of winning because they, that that team cannot make all the correct educated decisions that they would like and need to make prior to those deadlines. So um, whether he wants to go to Green Bay, whether he wants to go to Denver, either of those situations, it behooves him if he wants to win this year to make that decision very, very soon so that those teams can proceed accordingly before the start of the league year, before they have to start, you know, purging money and w- finding ways to, to restructure and sign players and et cetera, et cetera. So I do expect that decision to come soon. But um, again, if, if it doesn't and it starts dragging on longer, I do think in the um, in the, the public eye, it's going to become a much bigger issue for Rodgers. And that's what happened last year, right? Was with the way the Rod- we didn't realize it at the time that this is what was going on until probably April. But until the Rogers contract, they didn't restructure it because they kind of asked him permission, which they didn't have to in order to do mm-hmm. that. Uh, but it affected the way the team, like the Packers, by the time they were able to restructure his contract, they added Dennis Kelly. And I'm not going to say Dennis Kelly didn't help the Packers in some ways, but it wasn't used to the point where maybe it could have been. You know, if he restructures his contract in March, maybe the Packers are able to find somebody at a different position and add, you know, that way, instead of kind of having everything in limbo, which is the way everything is now. Somebody who is in limbo is Devonte Adams. The franchise tag deadline is today, three o'clock. Hasn't been tagged as of yet. Ian Rappaport reported today what Tom Silverstein, I believe, reported in the summer, which is that Roger, or Rogers, good Lord, Devonte Adams cut off extension talks in the summer, uh, angrily for that matter. And that's, a, that's kind of a, the buzzword that's being thrown around to me, that's not that big of a deal. Uh, mega contracts are typically never rosy. You know, it's never like, Oh, that was easy. We'll just do that. Like there was reports, I believe of tension with David Bakhtiari uh, when he ended up getting his deal initially the first time around. And it's kind of a similar situation because Bakhtiari got what was considered an outlier deal in terms of his contract and all that stuff. And Adams is seeking something similar with DeAndre Hopkins's contract and all that stuff complicating matters. The question I have is 2022 strictly. I know Gutekunst said in his press conference it's possible that they can let Devontae Adams walk, but it just doesn't sound like that's a thing they're going to do. Is there a scenario you see where that happens? I agree that I don't think it's going to happen. I do believe he'll get the franchise tag. I do believe that option would have been on the table if Rodgers potentially retired already or, or, you know, basically retire. I think retirement probably would have been the scenario. And if they just kind of looked at the cap and said, you know what, trying to pull off a, a tag and trade here is going to be very difficult on how we have to navigate the cap. And, you know, Devante and his agents are going to, you know, hate that. And and we'll take our third round pick and, and, you know, comp pick and, and free agency and, and go from there. I think that would have been the only way that that would have potentially happened. I think it with with Rogers either in limbo or him coming back or him just not retiring. I think those options go really out the window and would be very very surprised if they're just like, well, I guess see you later. Like I, it would shock me. Like any any avenue this off season that is opened up in any capacity, nothing would like beyond shock me. Right, like anything could happen, and I'd be like, yeah, that might as well happen. Um, but that one would definitely surprise me. I expect him to be back. And, uh, yeah, I, 
I just don't see an avenue right now where they're just letting them walk in unrestricted free agency at this hour with us. Maybe they know. I don't think they know. But with us not knowing uh, what Rodgers is going to do, I just, I just don't think you can mess around with it, especially when it's very likely that Rodgers wants Adams back is potentially a condition for him returning to Green Bay. He's going to get that franchise tag and they'll figure out how to make it work down the road. Yeah, that seems obvious. And for everybody that, I mean, that's that's kind of the deal, right? There's a scenario in which Adams is in Green Bay and Rodgers isn't. But there is never a scenario. And I know people have talked about, well, just what if you took the money you were going to give Adams and then signed, you know, Amari Cooper and another veteran receiver? Like Aaron Rodgers talked about it last July. You let a veteran walk that way in Rodgers' estimation, treat him poorly on the way out the door. That's probably going to piss him off. Like yeah. regardless of whether you think that's wiser, which I don't, but that's, that's a separate topic for a different day. He's going to get tagged. I think that's pretty, pretty obvious at this point, whether they trade him after that, whether they keep him around, I think that all hinges obviously on Aaron Rodgers. but it'll be the, the, the focus shifts to Adams, obviously once Rogers makes, if Rogers makes a decision that he doesn't want to be there, because then the question then becomes, well, is green Bay really going to shell out, a contract for the highest paid receiver in NFL history in a pseudo rebuild. And I know Brian Gutekunst said they're not rebuilding where the green Bay Packers, blah, blah, blah. And that's awesome. But the reality is the team is different. And what is hanging in the balance this off season is the same one that was last off season. If Aaron Rodgers is the quarterback of this team, they have a chance to go to the Super Bowl. If Jordan love is the quarterback of this team, their ceiling is like, and a 10, 11 win team that might win a playoff game and then probably gets bounced once they figure out they're playing above a league of its own. Yeah. Uh, the more likely scenario is more like the 2008 Packers where they went six and 10 and Rogers showed some flashes, but also had some moments where it was kind of like, yeah, are we sure this guy's like really, really good. And then eventually he figured out of course that he was, that would be the case with love, but Adams uh, definitely getting tagged. I know Gutekunst said they could possibly let him walk. I know the reports and, everything going around on shock jock radio and everything like Andy mentioned earlier tomorrow. We'll probably talk about how he angrily cut off extension talks, even though that isn't new information. Well, maybe the angrily part is, but they stopped talking in the summer that was reported by Silverstein in the summer. So that's not anything new, something that was new today. And this will be our final topic of the night is the Packers, according to Aaron Wilson of pro football network are reportedly interested in Von Miller of, of course, the Los Angeles Rams, Denver Broncos before that, and Uchenna Nuosu, and I call him Ross Uglum's favorite, Uchenna Nuosu, because I had that dude pounded into my head that year by Ross uh, throughout the draft process because I was doing a different podcast with him at that time. Let me talk, let's talk about that a little bit. So here's the thing. Do I think the Packers are going to sign Von Miller? No. Uh, when Von has the Rams, LA, team he just won with, and Denver, the team he grew up with, interested in his services that feels like a we want to be in every conversation type of discussion when it comes to that do i think they're going to sign a chen Nuosu? i'm not 100 sure on that either uh that feels the the mold i likened that to earlier today was like zadarius smith it's a guy who he has a name sort of but not really hasn't been a full full-time player doesn't have the gaudy numbers to go that you would think with a guy that you're going to get a free agent contract like that with what I do like about this, Andy, is that Rashawn Gary's coming back. We know that. And I'm assuming they're pursuing these guys if Aaron Rodgers is coming back. If he's not, then obviously this is a completely different conversation. 
So if Rodgers is back, that means Preston Smith is coming back too. And they're going to get an extension with Preston Smith that was reported over the combine weekend by Tony Pauline that the Packers are working on that. But what I do like about this, Zedarius Smith is gone. I think that writing has been on the wall for <laughs> since what, November, October? I don't even know. It's yeah. been what a crazy year. It's been a long time. But what I do like about it is that the Packers are not just content with saying, well, we got Ron Preston and we're going to try and add a third guy maybe in the first round, maybe the second round we like the edge class, and then we'll go with Jonathan Garvin as that guy. They're trying to find a legitimate veteran. And the best game the Packers defense played this year, maybe you can argue Seattle, certainly I'll listen to that, what was against San Francisco? And that was the game where they had Rashawn Gary, Preston Smith, and Zadarius Smith all running. Now, I know Z didn't play that well. I think you graded him accordingly that way. But you got those three dudes out there. And now you've got a potential third dude here and maybe Whitney Merciless as well. Now, the reports are obviously that he enjoyed his time in Green Bay as well. I like the approach is essentially what I'm getting at here is that the Packers want three legitimate pass rushers on their team. And Brian Gutekunst has clearly prioritized that because his first full season, if you don't include his first year where he drafted Alexander and had basically to gut that roster to work with everything, his first full season, Preston Smith, Zadarius Smith, Rashawn Gary, two huge free agent contracts and a top 12 draft pick used on a pass rusher. They prioritize hitting the quarterback. So what are your thoughts? Maybe not necessarily on those two guys. Cause I think you're, you were kind of nodding at me as I started talking through, you're not thinking those guys specifically are coming to green Bay but they're also not going to go into the season most likely with Jonathan Garvin and a rookie as their third and fourth edge rushers. Yeah. I think there's different layers to this. Right. And I agree with a lot of what you're saying. I'd be surprised if either player ended up in green Bay. However, there's a lot at play here. So first and foremost, I'm sure green Bay wants to do due diligence on the edge rusher position because a, they are working on a contract extension with Preston Smith. What's the market at? What's the market for Von Miller? What's the market for, you know, all of these edge rushers, right? And uh, I'll let you pronounce Nwusu's name a little bit better than, than I will. But, uh, uh, you know, I, overall, I think they want to probably monitor that a little bit. I think secondly, like you said, they went from Whitney Merciless, Darius Smith, Preston Smith, and Rashawn Gary to right now, I think the only thing that's for sure is Rashawn Gary. Now, while I also expect Preston Smith to get done, you know, a lot of these players might just say, you know what? you I know you guys are all in this season. I know you want to go and win with Aaron Rodgers. And if in order to show Aaron Rodgers that you want to come back, you better have Preston Smith. You better have Devontae Adams. You better have Devondre Campbell. And guess what Preston Smith and Devontae Adams and Devondre Campbell's agents are saying? You got to pay a little extra. You're going to have to pay me a little bit of premium because guess what? If you don't get me back, you might not get number 12 back. Um, so and that's if this drags on, right? Maybe if Rogers announces tomorrow he's coming back, maybe some of that leverage is gone. But if if not, in the meantime, I'm sure their agents are playing hardball and saying, "Yeah, we want we want money, money. We want money, money, money. Otherwise, we're happy to see unrestricted free agency and we'll we'll take the best offer available." So, you know, if uh, and I know Preston's not an unrestricted free agent, but they got to do something with his contract if they're going to make all of this work. So, if they don't get something done, they're going to probably have to release him too. So. A, I'm sure they want to gauge the market as they're trying to figure out this Preston Smith deal. B, I think they have to do their due diligence because, again, you could, while I don't expect it, you could end up in a scenario where Z and Preston are both cut and Whitney Merciless is an unrestricted free agent. So they only have Rashawn Gary and a bunch of question marks, and you certainly can't go into the season with Gary and question marks. So I, I think they have to absolutely you know, review those. And then, as you're mentioning, 
even if it's Preston Smith and Rashawn Gary, and those two guys are back and they figure out an extension for Preston. Yeah. Green Bay and every other team in the world wants as many pass rushers as possible. So maybe they figure out a guy like Musu that uh, maybe they think is going to be undervalued on the market for whatever reason. If that ends up happening, you bet they're going to want to be in on that conversation. And if all of a sudden Von Miller's like, you know what? I spent my time in Denver. I got my Super Bowl with the Rams. Like, I want to go play with Aaron Rodgers, or I want to go, you know, I think my best chance to win a Super Bowl this upcoming season was, is with Green Bay, and I'm willing to take a little bit of a, a pay cut. I, do I think that's the case? No, certainly not. But again, Green Bay is going to want to gauge that and figure out what his interest potentially would be. So, yes, I think in both of these scenarios, it's much more likely that this is, I want to be involved in every conversation. I do think it's telling uh, to see exactly what this position means to Green Bay. And I do think that they have to do their due diligence, gauge the market, figure out what Preston's value is, and figure out what's out there in the off chance that all of a sudden you end up with Rashawn Gary and nobody else at edge rusher on your roster besides Jonathan Garvin and Tipa Naliai. So um, I, I think those are the probably the reasons that they're just kind of doing a little bit of sniffing around these players. As mentioned, I don't think either end up in green and gold in 2023 or 2022 slash 2023, but um, I think it's smart on them for, for, for researching it nonetheless, for all the reasons we just talked about. Yeah. And you can never have, like you said, you can never have too many pass rushers. And this was something that uh, you and I actually talked about before the season started was one of the concerns you had asked me was what did I have? And I said, the depth on the edge, because I know everybody expected Gary to have a big jump and he did. And I know people expected a bounce back from Preston Smith and he certainly had one. And Zadarius yeah. Smith was supposed to be Zadarius Smith. Of course he wasn't because of a bunch of different reasons, but my concern was they were a rolled ankle away from legitimate snaps going to Jonathan Garvin and Tipa Naliai and like guys that you mentioned. And, and the Packers went through a lot of the season with Garvin, Naliai, Ladarius Hamilton, like guys like that yep. spelling Preston and, and Rashawn Gary. And the other part about those guys was they just didn't offer much of anything. Like I can't think of a play during the season where Garvin or, or I was like, whoa, that was like, hey, there was Tipa or hey, there was Garvin or any of those guys. So the Packers certainly need to do some retooling on their edge room. And like you mentioned, they're not going to go into next season with Rashawn Gary and and nobody else, I would imagine. But they're doing their due diligence to make sure that that absolutely doesn't happen. And thankfully, there's a deep edge rusher class. And the other layer of this is when it comes to the draft and kind of Gutekunst's philosophy and the way that he's done things over the last couple of years. And this is something God rest his soul. Ted Thompson just didn't do. And I talked about this on pack a day with Uglum and, and Jake Morley was that this, the size of some of these holes that were on the Packers roster when Ted was there, it was like, you almost have to draft a cornerback just for example, like you have to do that because there's nobody there. There's no veterans, nothing like that. Uh, so there's certainly that possibility that green Bay tried Gutekunst tries to cover his tracks to where like, I'm not boxed into drafting a certain player at a certain position. So looking forward yeah. to the way the Packers are going to build his team. Andy, we're, we ran longer than I said I was going to, so I apologize for that. Mm -hmm. But secondly, uh, last topic, five words or less. And I know I'm asking you for a prediction. Take that for what it is. But Aaron Rodgers, where is he lining up under center next year, if at all? Right under Josh Myers at week one, wherever that is, Green Bay or a road game. But I think he's donning green and gold and – We'll be lining up with the Packers. And uh, again, there's nothing that you could tell me that would shock me at this point. Anything is with, still within the realm of possibility, but I find it really difficult. I know you said five words or less and I'm, I'm crushing it here, but uh, I find it really difficult to believe that 
he said all of these positive things about Goody, the front office, the coaches, the the teammates. His teammates have gone to bat for him on numerous different occasions over the last 365 days for a variety of different reasons. Um, and then he's like, nope, demanding a trade. <laughs> like it just seems, it just seems like like you say it out loud and it doesn't even seem realistic. Like how, how does that even possibly come to fruition? And could it happen? Sure. I think it could, but I, I still think the most likely scenario is he ends up back in green Bay. And I would be, it wouldn't surprise me that I am surprised, but I would be, I know that doesn't make any sense, but I would be surprised <laughs> if he went on McAfee's show and said, nah, I'm out of here. Like go scratch green Bay. I know we yeah. had this nice time, but it's time to go. I feel but, like if it happens, right, if that's what he's going to do, it has to leak first, right? Like yeah. it would have major like LeBron James, I'm taking my talents to South Beach vibes. If he just goes on is like, well, I'd like to announce that I am demanding a trade to the Denver Broncos. <laughs> like it would just be like, really, really? That's what you're going to like announce? Like it, it felt, it feels like it would have to get leaked first via Rappaport or Schefter that um, he has let the Packers know that he is going to be uh, requesting the trade and Denver is his like, you know, his, his team that he wants to go to. And then he explains it on, on McAfee would be the case. So like if it, if it gets to McAfee time and we haven't heard anything prior to that, nothing else has been leaked that I would tend to believe that again, if it's announced that he's making an announcement on Pat McAfee and we don't hear anything that he is staying. I, I again, it, it, it would strike as slightly tone deaf if he goes on and says, I'd like to announce that I'm demanding a trade to somewhere else, or I don't want to be a Green Bay Packer anymore. So um, I, that's how I'm kind of going into it is, again, if we find out there's an announcement, we don't hear anything, he's coming back. And um, if we hear ahead of time or beforehand that, and it gets leaked, that he's probably you know asked for a trade. Wouldn't be the first time he was tone deaf in 2021, 2022, but that's a separate topic for a different day. I too would be surprised that way. Again, not surprised that I am surprised, uh, but it does feel like something that would leak from someone credible before he got to that point. But, you know, maybe Rogers is arrogant enough and has a big enough ego to just say, I've got no problem. I would think he would know that, he would be burning a bridge with a lot of people if he went on a public forum and essentially proverbially spit in the face of the organization that so many fans rooted for and everything like that. But we'll see. There's no guarantee that he announces everything today. I know that's been the speculation, but much like last week, nothing confirmed and uh, it'll be fun. I guess <laughs> he's Andy Herman. You can find him on Twitter at Andy Herman NFL, find his stuff at Packer report, green Bay nation on the radio all over the world. And of course, the Pack a Day podcast. And sometimes he stops by here for all of us as well. You can catch me on Twitter. I'm at Jacob Westdorf. I want you guys to have a chance. Go to the Green Bay Draft Guide, which is right on our Twitter page. If you use the promo code FLASH, F L A S H, you can get the guide for $7.99 and have an opportunity to get some really cool stuff in there. 200 plus profiles from Jake Morley and myself, strictly catered to your. Green Bay Packers. Until then, we're out of time. I will talk to you guys next week. Uh, guests to be determined at this point, but we'll figure all that out. It'll be right before the league year. Thanks for listening, guys. See you then. 